You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Closing out your week here on the Locked On Syracuse Podcast, Tyler Aki and Tim Leonard, the only place to get daily Syracuse Orange podcasts. You can find the show on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse, and I'm sure some of you are new to the show today, and if you are new... Please give us a rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We really appreciate all the support you guys have shown Tim and I as we are recording episode 200 today. And no better person to do it with than Matthew Gutierrez. But be sure to check us out on social. Review Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. We really appreciate it. So today on the show, you heard it. Matthew Gutierrez, we're going to talk all things Dior Johnson. Part of a two-part conversation. And he's got some great stuff. Some stuff that you probably have not heard yet about how everything went down with Dior Johnson. The biggest news of the week is that the five-star 2022 point guard is no longer coming and playing for the Orange. Again, some news that a lot of Orange fans were bracing for and we finally felt the impact of it this week. But now the headlines are printed out and everything. So we will dive into all of that with Goody right now. All right, always fun to catch up with our guy, Matthew Gutierrez, over at The Athletic. Go check out all of his work. Give him a subscription, too. He always tells us about how all these different stories, and they sell all these different (laughs) subs. And we want our podcast to help sell him some subs. So go check him out. At The Athletic, it's Matthew Gutierrez. Covers Syracuse the best in the 315. Matthew, thanks so much for joining us. First, got to start with this. Kind of a contentious point on the show yesterday. But do you have a vote for the all ACC teams and the ACC preseason poll? Yeah, I had a vote for sure. Um, so I'm in the minority today. All right. Glad Ty's we got all, that out. Ty's all hurt because I had a vote and he didn't get the email. And what? I put, yeah, I, I, I'm convinced that it was deep in his email. But, you know, I kind of like it because now I can say that I'm a more qualified media member than Ty. And I'll always <laughs> have that on him for the rest of the season. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, but anyway, (laughs) we bring you on today, not just to get your thoughts on where you voted in the polls and all that stuff, but we have to obviously start with the news of the week and that's Dior Johnson and he's not coming to Syracuse anymore. So I know a lot of Syracuse fans very upset with the news, but at the same time, it kind of felt inevitable that this was going to be the case Has this, I know we've always kind of jobbed at you a little bit like, Hey, where's your Dior meter at Goody? But when did you finally feel like, okay, he's not going to be a member of the Orange one day? Sure. I mean, in retrospect, look, I mean, we can all sit here and say, oh, we knew this was going to happen and look smart. Uh, in reality, I did not think it, it was going to happen this soon. Here we are in November, nine months after the, the verbal commitment. Uh, you Look, I, I knew in February when he committed that he it would be very unlikely he wouldn't play college basketball, just given speaking with um, – people not only close to him and close to the Q's program, but NBA scouts, broader, you know, bigger picture uh, people outside of Syracuse who just had the the broader view in mind. The 2022 guys and younger uh, at his level are generally going to go straight pro uh, at, a, at a high school in some capacity, right? Whether it's overseas, G League, or, you know, possibly I know the commissioner wants to get guys right to the NBA uh, after graduating high school, if possible. Uh, we don't know if the pandemic will push that back. Maybe it will, but but those are the stated goals. And you knew DR was going to fall into that category. Now, I, I had heard some rumblings starting in, in uh, early October 
that um, he he in Syracuse was was not going to work. Uh, was trying to to kind of report it. Didn't didn't get enough confirmation to 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 be able to feel comfortable in writing that before he announced it. So obviously I heard I heard when everyone else did on Tuesday night about five thirty. Uh, and I think what, once we saw him uh, bounce from Oak Hill, that was a major red flag. I think for a lot of people, outsiders and Syracuse included, like okay. Uh, you know, he's, there's some serious issues going on, uh, and this commitment probably won't last with Syracuse. So what do you think happened there? I know you brought up, you tweeted out that the academic concerns were a big thing, but what were you hearing on why it seems like, I think many people have reported, including yourself, that this was mutually parting of ways. And Tyler and I joked, we, we haven't really heard that with the recruit. It's kind of unforeseen territory, but what do you think were the Syracuse concerns with him? Sure. It, mutual in a way. I mean, yeah, it is a little bit weird wording. It's it's a little bit uh, PR-ish to me, right? It's mutual. No doubt it was more of a Dior decommitment than, than it was like a sit down, you know, discussion. Okay, well, let's, let's work this out by, by, uh, you know, parting ways, right? I think it was definitely more of a decommitment um, than anything on that front. And, you know, there was a lot that, that went into this, I think, Certainly, the academic reasons were part of it. And look, there was major concern uh, among the Syracuse staff, from what I've heard, that uh, you know they want Dior to be okay, right? They are legitimately concerned. Forget you know commitment, right? As a kid, this is a 16-year-old kid who's had an enormous amount of pressure and attention on him. And in some cases, you could argue he he kind of begs for it, right, through his social media posts and he's very active on, on Instagram and. Uh, certainly tr- true, but uh, nonetheless, a lot of this was just came upon him, right, for being a really talented player. Uh, I remember, you know, I think in ninth grade, eighth grade over at, in Kingston, New York, they had to lock the doors to some of the rooms uh, that he was in because he was so popular. And that, that's just emblematic of, of the person he has been for several years now. So he's had a lot on his plate, and he was in a, in a lot of ways, I think, a, a headache to deal with. Uh, on, on a number of fronts, given, uh, you know, he made a decision when he was 16, uh, immature, uh, you know, probably rash decision. He's going to be making possibly emotional decisions uh, at such a young age. And I think the, the last nine months were, were somewhat stressful for accuse. Uh, and so those factors all combined, throw on the academic issues, throw on the fact that Oak Hill didn't work out. Uh, led led to this moment, and, and not to mention, Dior is not going to play college basketball. Right? I think that's all but certain at this point. He is not going to another college, even if he commits to another college. Uh, he's going pro, and I think that's pretty clear with a lot of twenty twenty two guys. Goody, do you think it's better that he decommitted now, and there's this window of opportunity to still go out there and recruit, and you know you've got to fill his spot on the twenty twenty two and beyond roster? Or would you have rather have seen him stay with the Orange program a little bit longer and maybe string in one or two other guys? I think it's the former. I think him decommitting now is better for Syracuse for a lot of reasons. One, they don't have to deal with, uh, in a way, taking care of him, right, on on the recruiting front. He's a nice kid. Don't get me wrong. And speaking with him and just hearing about him uh, from others, he's a genuine kid and and he seems – uh, you know, he should be, a, I would assume, okay moving forward. And, and everyone I've spoken with has generally said he's, he's genuine, right? He's, he's been a selfless player, even 
even though he's a star, he does get players involved. Uh, he's never been uh, much of a ball hog, even though he could easily put up 50. Likes to pass that rock. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, he, he throws some dimes, as, as you guys have seen. But no doubt, I think him doing this now, Q staff has so much time. It's still early in the cycle. I mean, it's been nine months since he committed, and it's still early in the cycle. So they have plenty of time to to recruit that class, a lot, a lot more – uh, of a difference than the Darius Baisley situation, which left Alan Griffin, his recruiter, to go scramble and, and, and get Robert Braswell down in South Carolina, just try to find a forward for that scholarship spot. Uh, much different situation. Cues with a lot more time. Don't have to deal with Dior. And the other thing is, you know, Dior made a lot of promises on bringing other kids to Cues. He did not recruit one kid for Syracuse, right? Not one kid can Not even Benny Williams? No. Benny, that, is, that was not – they were completely separate – uh, Adrian Autry and Benny had a relationship longer than Dior's than the period of Dior's commitment. Who Dior, yeah. by the way, was a Jerry McNamara commitment. They were unrelated um, in a lot of ways, and I got confirmation from from some folks at, at Cuse this week that they were uh, completely irrelevant as far as recruits. Two separate situations, uh, and just happened to you know have some overlap, and they talked about each other, but. Uh, I know that the Q's, folks at Cuse are were a little upset that Dior was was bragging about recruiting, you know, Chance Westry, recruiting maybe Klingon, recruiting Benny Williams. Uh, he did none of that, and I think that's something that Syracuse wanted to make clear. All right, count it down now. Two weeks until hoop season begins. That's right, only 14 days separating us from the Oranges opener, and nothing pairs with college basketball like the mountain cold refreshment of Coors Light. There's no better way to kick back, relax, and watch any sport or team than with Coors Light. And if you can't make it to hoop season, well, we've got a great college and pro football slate this weekend too. When you need a moment to chill, reach for the beer I use when I need to unwind and watch sports. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged, so it arrives straight to your door as cold and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It's the beer I choose whenever I'm watching any sport. Whenever I'm watching football on the weekends, when I was watching baseball during the summer, basketball during the summer too, this past summer, basically any pandemic sport I watch, I had Coors Light. Whenever I'm watching a sport, when it's a non-pandemic time, I'm drinking Coors Light and you should too. And guess what? They make it even easier for you now because you can get Coors Light delivered straight to your door by visiting get.coorslight.com. Again, straight to your door, ice cold like the Rockies at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly, Golden, Colorado. Yeah, that's interesting because Tyler and I always talked about how we never really thought that there was a great chance he would come to Syracuse, but we thought given that he brought some attention to the program and that he was, in our eyes, what he was saying, he was actively recruiting other guys, that that would be still a net positive. And then he kind of announced it a little bit earlier than I thought that he would decommit. And now I feel like they didn't really get a ton out of this process. Do you think that's fair to say that in the end, it, it really wasn't that much of a positive for the program? Yeah, I don't think it was. I mean, you know, you could argue in a way there's there's a ancillary effect to just that a guy with 600,000 or whatever it is, Instagram followers, um, you know, post about Syracuse or at least you're used to. Uh, a few months ago, um, you know, at least in the springtime, I think a couple of posts or, or even stories, and, and that has reach him. Him, just the verbal commitment in itself made national headlines. ESPN, yeah, SI, 
you know, it was mentioned on a number of TV shows and it was, it was a, the athletic, a, 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 <laughs> the athletic <laughs> for sure, uh, which was a, my most read story, I think of my time at the athletic so far, the, the feature on Dior from February. So <laughs> people were really interested in his backstory. How the heck did he get so good? So young, uh, getting on Syracuse's radar in seventh grade. Um, but no, I, yeah, I think it's, uh, uh, an overall kind of a, a neutral thing. I don't, uh, you could argue again, Cuse maybe benefited slightly in the exposure, but, uh, I don't, I don't see it that much. I don't see it much of a benefit. I want you to dig deep into your phone right here. What was the biggest warning sign, red flag, heads up that you received that told you in your heart that Dior Johnson was not going to come to Syracuse? It was uh, Friday night when he committed to, or committed at college terms, right? When he enrolled, I guess, at at Corona Centennial High School, I think it is. Um, And I, I... at that point, I contacted a couple of people, and I had heard that he didn't have a relationship with Cuse at that point, uh, and I just didn't have enough um, additional reporting to confirm that. And that's not, you know, I needed to be completely accurate and, and fair, and I didn't feel comfortable with that. Um, although I don't, I don't know if we texted, we might have texted about it that, that he was going to uh, probably going to be out. Uh, I definitely, you know. Uh, thought about it uh for sure and, and talked about it with a couple of people and I, I know and uh but that was i think halloween or the day before halloween so we're talking about almost two weeks two weeks from tomorrow basically and, and even then i think i was late to the game i think it it really had happened a couple of weeks before that i think this was something that in late september or early october was essentially done the orb would no longer be accused this is this is not anything new to the the parties involved so it sounds like Oak Hill was that last straw a little bit. And w- why do you think the Oak Hill situation in particular was that big red flag to the coaching staff? It's a tough one, right? I, I don't know the full story. I don't think we might not ever know what actually happened or, or at least get on the record, right? What actually happened at Oak Hill? Um, was it, you know, his friend, Zion Cruz, who I spoke with a few weeks ago, cited homesickness i don't think it was homesickness uh it could have been but uh you know dior had played at img before he cited homesickness i think in an injury so he knew going away from home what that was like and that you know he probably didn't like it and i think one of the reasons he's back in la is his mom's there and he's with i think he's with family so he he, his mom right (laughs) yeah he and his mom are are very close and yeah dior's been playing with some nba players apparently out there um good for him right he's a he's a great player and you know you wish him uh the best objectively right grew up you know with a single mom and uh long odds and and he's he's making a life for himself so far and and you wish him the best but uh yeah as far as oak hill you know i don't know if it was academics you know i heard can't confirm it but at at mayfair in, in la he he was hardly going to class, and this is before COVID. Uh, there were a lot of academic issues in Socrates. Um, was he spending his time correctly? Uh, you know, he's getting influenced by a lot of people. His phone is he's constantly getting called, whether, I don't want to say handlers, but, you know, we know that stuff goes on with these high major guys. Maybe that happened there. I don't know. He's just getting a lot of uh, reach out to him. Uh, among them uh reporters writers you know media uh so he's just there's a lot on his plate 
And I think there's a lot of distractions. So I think academically, possibly distractions. Um, and then he had a, the stress fracture too. So I think all those factors combined, at least as of, as what I know, I can put together as the reason for, for leaving Oak Hill. If he played at Oak Hill, how good would you have felt about him playing at Syracuse? Still not not that good. I thought, you know, him going to Oak Hill was was a positive. I think Hughes viewed it as a positive, right? Maybe he can get on track academically. There's nothing to do there. It's in the middle of nowhere. Uh, Carmelo and Eric Devendorf can attest, I think. Uh, you, you, do, you do your schoolwork, uh, but mostly you play basketball and you work out and you, and you watch film. One of the most prestigious high school programs in the country, obviously, right? And, and led by a, a you know legendary coach, high school level in Steve Smith. Um, that's the point of that. So I think Hughes thought that was a, a good step in the right direction after a turbulent first couple of years, excuse me, at, at the varsity level and moving around a lot. Uh, which isn't uncommon among, among some of these top top guys. But for Oak Hill not to work out, it, w- it was certainly a, a red flag. I remember texting someone and and, and he, he said that word, you know, red flag, um, that they left Oak Hill. Uh, it was a, uh, I think that was, the, that was, yeah, as Tim, I think Tim said, the, that kind of that final straw. You mentioned Zion Cruz there. He was at Oak Hill. He leaves. Uh, you talk, You said you talked to him a couple of weeks ago. Where does Syracuse stand with Zion Cruz? I know you wrote an article on it. It made it seem like the chances of that are kind of heading in a negative direction right now. Yeah, no, I, I don't think Zion Cruz will play Syracuse basketball. It could be wrong. It's very early still on the cycle, but he did not seem interested whatsoever. He didn't bring up Syracuse until about 25 minutes into our interview when I when I, when I prompted him about it. Um, uh, you know, we, we talked, I asked him multiple questions about who was prioritizing him, where he was looking. Syracuse was not among those six or seven schools he listed. Um, did say he had been in contact with Jerry McNamara before. I don't know how frequently that contact t- took place. Um, that GMAC had sold him on the idea, hey, team up with your boy Dior. They're, they're close. Uh, Playing the backcourt with Dior. Obviously, Dior no longer accused. I think Zion, this was in mid-October. So Dior, I think, had already made up his mind that he was decommitting from Cuse. And uh, looking back on that conversation with Z, I could kind of get the impression that he knew the same. He knew it already. Uh, wow. just the way he, the way he was speaking could be wrong. I didn't ask him directly if, if Dior had decommitted, but the, the impression he gave and how he spoke about Cuse was very, very cavalier, very broad. Uh, and it looked like, you know, he, he might not have, might, might've been totally truthful, but it did seem apparent that, you know, he and Dior obviously are very close. They talk a lot and, and, uh, Dior had made up his mind. Um, by then so as far as zion cruz prospects at Cuse, i don't think so i think he's a probably is a blue blood uh guy possibly in the midwest or south he said he wanted to go somewhere warm for what it's worth right guys change their mind all the time but possibly a reclass guy uh and possibly someone who goes to the to the next level fairly fairly early he's a really high level player uh five-star number number one player in new jersey so i, w- I would put the chances of him at Cuse at uh, about one percent Okay, quick break from Matthew Gutierrez. I want to tell you guys about Built Bar, my favorite protein bar out there. They have been with me through the entire quarantine. I've been going back to them every single week, making my own customizable box and picking through their 18 amazing flavors. They come in nut and non-nut flavors, and the flavoring on these things is powerful. It's just delicious. It's unlike any other protein bar I have ever tasted. And the good thing is, 
They're healthy for you on top of it. They're great to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and somehow great for a keto diet while tasting delicious. So go to BuiltBar.com, use our promo code. That's locked on, all one word. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's some serious savings on these customizable boxes. Be sure to use our promo code locked on to get those savings. 20% off using our promo code locked on at builtbar.com. Jim Beheim addressed the Dior situation at the, the Operation ACC or whatever the media day it was called for this season. And he brought up an interesting quote. He said, we didn't commit anybody in that class, that being the class of 2022. That means me committing to somebody that never happened. Is that more Jim Beheim picking up his ball and taking it home? Or is there a lot more truth to that? Yeah, I think it's somewhere in between. You know, when I first heard that, uh, I was I was trying to interpret it, right? It was, it was yeah. obviously, obviously he can't talk about recruits. So it, it is a weird spot for him too. I, I do want to make that clear, right? He can't name people or talk specifics about the situation uh, per NCAA rules. Um, but I was, I was like, what, what did he, what did he say? Cause he was asked about recruiting and, and I was like, Oh boy, I, I don't know if he's going to answer this or that this might, this might go bad. Uh, but he gave a, a thorough answer. And it's the, by far the best answer of a, what I thought was a very informative 45 minute press conference or whatever it was that went 20 minutes over the scheduled allotment. So he was certainly um, talkative and insightful um, mid-season form, if you will, here on November 12th. But uh, no, I mean, uh, maybe it was the Zoom, right? The Zoom he's got to him. People are sometimes they're at home just feeling it or whatever in practice and, and just talking on Zoom, like kind of like we are here on, on Uber conferences. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I interpret it as a little bit, yes, you know, it's kind of a prideful thing, right? You, recruiting is a can get personal. Like Jeremy you know? McNamara tweeted out the orange emojis when Dior committed. It, yeah. This was paraded around a little bit. For sure. Look, I mean, to say that Syracuse wasn't committed to him or whatever the phrasing was, basically saying Syracuse hadn't really anticipated slash queued him up for the class is wrong, right? I mean, obviously, Cuse was pumped to have him. As you said, GMAC, the orange emojis, GMAC worked so hard, I know, on recruiting Dior, being in close contact, Cuse being the first high major to, to really get on him as a rising seventh grader, dating back to the Carmelo Anthony Center, that elite camp in 20, summer of 2016. Cuse coming off a of Final Four, and they see this Dior kid balling out with five-star recruits, and this kid's in seventh grade. That's when they knew and Jerry worked hard on that for the four years. So absolutely, he was on the radar. But I think J- Jim's point there where he has truth to that is um, A, Cuse, I don't think anticipated he would – he knew knew in the back of their mind he might not go to Cuse. I think fingers were crossed, uh, kind of the, the prayer emoji, right, that is popular that I use a lot. I do think that was kind of Cuse's mindset all, all the whole time. They knew people would be in his ear, and uh, it, it might not happen. Uh, so I think it's part of that, and just the, just the fact that um, they didn't um, build around Dior. I don't I don't think there there was much out there besides Dior. Right? There wasn't like he was coming with a couple guys. So it was just kind of a an almost a one off, if you will. So I do think there is some truth to what Jim said today. All right, fun stuff, as always, with our guy, Matthew Gutierrez. We'll do it again on Monday. Pick up that conversation. We're going to hit on a couple more Dior points, and then 
We're also going to get into what the future holds for Syracuse in the 2022 recruiting cycle. What's next? Because Roddy Gale, of course, the news probably coming a little later today when you're listening to this on a Friday that he is probably picking Ohio State. So we will go into what went wrong there, what also could be happening with the rest of this class of 2022, and also what's going to happen with this 2020 season. Are we going to get it off in time? Is everything going to be smooth sailing? So we're going to address all of that with Goody on Monday with you. Thanks so much for joining us here on this Friday edition. Please check us out on Monday as well if you want a double dose of Matthew Gutierrez. And next week, we'll also get into some more basketball thoughts. And of course, we'll get you ready for the upcoming Syracuse football game as well. So for Tim and Goody, I'm Tyler. We will talk to you guys next week. Oh,